What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 206 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, what's going on? Oh, you know, just happy to see you back, man. Yeah, we about forgot how to do this damn thing. <laughs> Holy moly, like, when you came over and we come downstairs here and... and uh, fire up the old computer it's like holy smokes like what are we what are we doing here how was how was your week of uh you know laying out on the beach getting a tan (laughs) drinking virgin daiquiris that ain't what happened (laughs) that ain't what happened at all nope i was down in uh orlando florida uh at the nafam show uh north american food equipment manufacturers um pretty pretty crazy you know i mean we're you know you know lvo manufacturing that's that's uh where i work uh um pretty small family-owned business uh we make uh dishwashers and uh some dough uh dough working equipment and uh you know we're down here at nafam and uh uh you know bun coffee pots and and uh you know all you know some big some big time heavy hitters you know and it's like oh yeah don't mind us over here but uh um, it was cool. It was cool. Uh, you know, or Orlando, Florida, actually a very nice city, uh, where, where I was, where right. I was, you know, Las Vegas, mm, you know, I was back right. down there yep. in September for, uh, for a different baking show. Uh, pretty rough, pretty rough, pretty dirty. Kind of felt like you might contract something just by walking down the, the sidewalk, uh, where we were at in Orlando by the Orange County Convention Center. Uh, nice, clean. Uh, I felt safe all the time. Lots of great restaurants. Uh, we stayed at a nice hotel. Uh, just overall, the the overall atmosphere. Um, I don't know. I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, nice, you know, whatever. But uh, you know, the sun would come up. Uh, you know, I don't know, seven, seven thirty, whatever. Um, maybe maybe even before that. I don't know. Uh, uh, my uncle and I, we'd get down to. Uh, um, eat breakfast at about, uh, six 30. We'd eat breakfast until about seven. We'd hop on the shuttle bus. We'd go to the convention center and we'd get out of there at about five 6 o'clock at night. And, uh, so yeah, it was 85 degrees outside, but I never really never saw re- it. Right. Never really saw it. But, Inside, uh, no. either way I, uh, you know, I, I put on a pair of khaki shorts, uh, Rock some sandals, uh, you know, and and that's more than what you guys could say back say, here at negative fifteen. So felt good to be out of it. Yeah, no sure. doubt about it. So, uh, um, but this week's episode uh, brought to you by our good friends over at Dakota Angler in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and uh, they've they've got a couple of specials uh, that they mentioned on Facebook this week. Uh, Thirteen wicked ice reel. Yep. And I'm, bucks. I'm a fan of those. Yes, those are very nice. I, I, I like them. They, I don't know if they still do the long stem and the short stem on them. I, I don't, don't like know. the long stem. You, like it's nice when you have gloves on. Yep. Yep. But, but otherwise, when you're just in your hand, it's just a different feel. Yep. But it's a nice option to have. I mean, yep. You don't oh, see yeah. many of the real companies have that option. Yep. No, me personally, like I just the way I kind of hold my uh, uh, rod, I, I like to really. I, I don't know. I, I use the reel kind of as leverage on, on the palm of my hand. And so that longer stem really doesn't work for me, but for $25, that is a killer good deal on, on a, on a solid, on a solid reel. Uh, it, it really um, is. I mean, it's got a pretty solid drag system in it. Um, 
I don't know. I've I've used a lot of wicked ices and uh, have always had good luck with them. I've never had one fail on me. You know, not really have much of an issue with icing up. Uh, I mean, I I own multiple. I mean, three, four, five of so them. So do I. So uh, you know, I for twenty five dollars, I'd take a good hard look at that. Uh, Clam X. 400 hub, uh, yep. hub shack same one you got man yep same one that oh I have. man i really like that shack i really do 425 dollars for 430 dollars matt will even autograph it and that's right you know i don't know even if you don't know it just tell me where you're fishing and i'll come and just walk by and slap the old signature on there it's not a bad idea and you know they i mean they still continue to have a big ice fishing clearance so oh, I mean, absolutely definitely stop in at dakota angler up there in sioux falls on benson road and uh you know, check out all the deals. Yep. Get you know, stop in there, talk to those guys, find out where the bite is. It's it's fun just to go in there and, you know, shoot the bowl with them. Real a real mom and pops bait shop. It is. You know, it's, just you know, no doubt. But if you can't get in there, www.dakotaangler.com. Use code Dirtbag at checkout and uh, save yourself a little extra money. That is right, and that's what it's all about. Yep. So. uh all right, uh, talked about, uh, well, I, I guess I'll just come right out and say I, I apologize for last week. Uh, that was that was my fault. Um, one of those deals where uh, when, you, uh, when you're leaving for a work trip for five or six days and uh, you got a two-year-old at home and uh, we celebrate, last weekend uh, we celebrated uh, a Christmas yet, um, just... Kind of had a lot of stuff going, kind of neglected uh, packing my bags. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, Matt and I had talked about recording, recording an episode before I took off. And uh, just, I, I realized out. I realized on the last day or two, like, you know what, this might not happen. And, uh, you know, the night before you leave on a five, six day trip, if uh, you let your wife know that, uh, hey, Matt's coming over and we're recording a podcast, that's how you make sure your wife's not home when you can, when you, <laughs> when you come back from the work trip. And, and uh, that's right, especially when you're leaving at like four in the morning, yep. four or five in the morning. Yep. So, yeah. so um, whatever the case, uh, you know, we, you know, we've never advertised it as anything else. Uh, Matt and I still, you know, regular dudes with regular jobs, living regular lives. And, with and, regular uh, dirtbag listeners. That's so. right. That's right. So sometimes it just don't work. But, uh, um, hey, good news is this week it did. So uh, yep. um, we've uh, we've got a guest. Uh, we've got Mike Howe on the show this week. Um, Mike Howe, uh, um you know, kind of created some waves here in the last couple of weeks in the fishing industry. Uh, um, Mike is the tournament director for the NAIFC. Uh, obviously, uh, um, if you were paying attention at all to uh, the fishing industry in the last couple of weeks, you saw that the NAIFC suspended all um, all tournaments for the last for, for the, the rest, rest of, of twenty twenty three. And uh, um, you know, like I said, really created a lot of waves and. Uh, um, we talked about it a little bit on the last episode, uh, uh, you know, just some of the things that had happened over there at Okaboji and, and, uh, Mike, uh, Mike reached back out to me, said, Hey, you know, I think it's time he wanted to, you know, come on, tell his side of the story, you know, tell, tell, you know, not just his side of the story, but tell the story period. Uh, you know, somebody that was there, somebody that, uh, understood the whole entire deal and uh so we appreciate uh, that mike's gonna join us uh you know this evening uh, on a phone call and uh uh hopefully you know 
a- answer some of the questions that we've got about uh, you know NAIFC yeah, and just, what what possibly the future might hold. Exactly. So, all right. With that, uh, we're going to get over to him. And we're here today with Mike Howe. Mike, how are you doing? Doing great, guys. Doing great. Got on the water today, and uh, it was some much-needed uh, uh, ice therapy. Yeah, a guy needs that a lot. <laughs> For sure. For how, sure. How'd you end up? Uh, good. We each got a limit of walleyes, uh, and it was a, a fairly nice day with uh, pretty active fish throughout the day. They kept us busy throughout the day. Heck, yeah. That's always good. Heck, yeah. yeah. Now, Mike, uh, we we always like to get this show started uh, before we dive into fishing. Uh, we like to talk uh, a little uh, about some uh, random stuff. Uh, I want to know, first off, uh, are you a sirloin or a ribeye guy? I'm a ribeye guy. Yep. Ribeye. And yep. how, how are you getting that cooked? I like it medium rare. Nice, yep. nice. Yep. And, and yep. Uh, what are you, you going to have for a side? You know, it's hard to beat the baked potato, but... Uh, you know, I, I do like, uh, you know, some grilled vegetables if they're, uh, if they're in season and they're not going to just be out of a bag. Yep. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. I like to order the big steak and the small sides. <laughs> that's the, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. It's like, what's your, what's your steak to side <laughs> ratio here? I mean, ratio, yep. you, you ask yep. the waitress and be like, okay, you say I get two sides, but I mean, I want the small sides with the bigger steak. Yeah, why don't you just add to the meat and yeah. hold the, can, hold the sides? Can I, get eight more, can I get four more ounces <laughs> as a side? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. In a perfect world. Yep. yep. All right. I guess my question is, I mean, since it's Super Bowl week, I mean, who you got? You got the Eagles or the Chiefs? You know, I'm glad you mentioned the two teams. Because <laughs> I honestly don't. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to bet against New England, but, I, you know, I don't New England's not even in it. Of... New England's. Oh, I thought you. Yeah, see, the Eagles. You the Eagles or the Chiefs? <laughs> Philadelphia or Kansas City? Which one well, has the better I'll, food? I'll take I'll take Philly because my brother lives just outside of. Philly. All right, that's a good you enough reason. Go wrong. Usually, that's yep. how the winners like pick it. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Eagles are almost always a good bet to be in it. So you just say, oh, or not the Eagles, but the uh, New England, the Patriots. So it's you know you, you got a pretty good shot at being right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Every other year, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> ain't that right. the truth? Ain't that the no, truth? I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I don't. I don't watch a lot of TV sports. I'm too busy outside. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. That's fair enough. That is. Now, Mike, uh, let let's start talking about you a little bit here. Uh, where Where are you from? Well, I was born back east. Uh, moved to the West Coast uh, in the late '70s. Uh, I I consider the Seattle area home. Okay. Um. Yeah. Got uh, met my wife. Went in the service. Uh, lifetime friends and and so yeah i called seattle home for many years and then uh moved to montana in 94 and now i kind of bounce back and forth between montana and north dakota well that's not a not, not a bad spot to be for an no, outdoorsman yeah for sure for sure yep so uh you you said you grew up out east uh, where exactly was that i was uh actually raised on the Hudson River uh, between New York City and Albany. Um, North, yeah, we were upriver from West Point about 20, 25 river miles, I guess. So, uh, 
yeah, very much in the country, nothing but apple orchards and grape uh, vines and uh, just, yeah, country boy, you know, running in the woods from the time I could walk until uh, till I discovered the other sex. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then being outside didn't matter much unless uh, there was girls around. So. Yeah, <laughs> well, I yeah. think we've all yeah. been there. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, we, um, you know, grew up in... in uh, mid-state new york and it's funny now because i've got a lot of contacts through ice fishing um back east you know where i grew up between new york and vermont new hampshire maine uh you know it's kind of cool to i don't get back there much but it it's kind of you know it's it's kind of put that relation as a kid growing up now there's these guys younger than i am and older than i am that are into the same lifestyle I am. So who knows if I had stayed back East, uh, if I would have found myself in this industry and in this lifestyle or not, I kind of feel like I was born for it. So, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the outdoors is just ingrained in some people's DNA. It probably don't matter where the heck they grew up. It, it was, yeah, it was going to exactly happen. Right. Yep. 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 Yep, absolutely. So did you do a lot of fishing uh, back there uh, on the East Coast, or did you mainly start fishing uh, when you moved out West? No, I I remember fishing back to my earliest memories, whether it was, uh, you know, mom taking us to the lake or the little pond uh, at, you know, a recreation area that we went. Uh, my uncle, who was very, very instrumental and influential in me finding, uh, certainly finding water and boats and fishing. Uh, you know, he had a nice boat. He was one of the original IBM guys uh, after World War II and Cold War times. Uh, so, you know, he was pretty well off, had a real nice boat on the Hudson River, nice cabin cruiser. And I'd catch fish off the dock. But, yeah, uh, fishing from the earliest I can remember with a lot of my family. Um, and then, you know, kind of got out of it a little bit. You know, the, the middle school years with discovering motorcycles and other things. But I've always fished. Um, and then, uh, you know, kind of segued into hunting as a young adult uh, and discovered. And that's how I ended up in Montana was uh, – had this just this passion for archery hunting uh elk and calling them and and that sort of thing and that's how i ended up in montana was uh i was a rabid archery elk hunter that's that's badass i yeah. i've uh, i mean one thing about it out there in montana you're in grizzly bear country so that, that makes you <laughs> yeah. think twice about uh, uh chasing them with a stick and string i'd prefer to have a big old rifle but uh yeah. you know i'm, yeah. I'm sure yeah. I, I don't know it seems like the people that grow up out there and or spend enough time out there like oh grizzly bear nah yeah. no big deal yeah. <laughs> yep. well yeah. certain areas they're definitely more in your subconscious than others um but you know when you're 23 24 25 you're invincible right yeah, right so, you, know, right. you don't need a sidearm you're gonna punch them and yeah, <laughs> steal like, their lunch money come on yogi <laughs> go get a picnic basket yeah <laughs> yeah so when did you when did you start guiding so i started guiding in 2008 after uh we we got to the uh kalispell montana area in uh I got promoted up in the post office up there in 98. And then in 99, my, my mom and stepdad moved out, uh, moved to Kalispell to be closer to us and their grandkids, uh, and really discovered Flathead Lake, um, and Lake trout fishing. 
uh, and that was the time when the lake was just on fire. You know, think think of the red, uh, you know, the Red Lake crappie boom, but with lake trout. Wow. And, yep. and almost, you know, an unlimited number of fish. And uh, just kind of started getting into it, then uh, got um, got involved with an ice fishing tournament uh, that kind of really is the roots of everything I do in the outdoor industry, goes back to that. But my dad and I, we bought a couple of boats and fixed them up and traded up and then uh, – Got involved in the fishing tournament, which kind of got my name out. One of the one of the outfitters on the lake approached me, and we had a pretty nice boat by then. And he said, "You know, you and your dad are out here every weekend, every way. Anyway, why don't you, uh, you know, why don't you think about doing some guiding?" And uh, and I think that was in 07, maybe 08. Uh, so Montana's got kind of a weird deal, you know. A guide, what's called a guide, is you have to work for a uh, licensed outfitter. And then okay. the outfitter certifies the guides to the state. Um, make sure they're, you know, they're licensed and they're skilled. And, and but, but everything goes through the outfitter, the bookings, the payments. Um, so anyway, that's how I got started was uh, with, a, with a, uh, uh, a, a guy I met ice fishing. Uh, and he had recently started being a charter captain and, uh, yeah, invited me to do some trips, and I did, and I liked it. And, um, then my uh, Uncle Donald, who I mentioned earlier, uh, he um, he left me a little money when he passed away, and timing was right, and I got into a nice boat, you know, that could easily hold nine passengers, but we're limited to six because we follow the Coast Guard six-pack rules. Okay, uh, right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and started guiding on Flathead Lake. And realized how much I liked it. And then the opportunity to buy one of the existing outfitting business came up. And I uh, did that. And then in 2012, I was able to take an early retirement from the post office. Which was good because I was, you know, already guiding 150 days a year. <laughs> I had a very flexible schedule. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, you know, really started getting into the ice fishing. Uh, personally, you know, right about the time I started guiding, uh, and started, uh, running the purchase all tournament, me and my good friend, Chancey Jeske from back in Kalispell, uh, we started that purchase all tournament, which was funny because we started that the year, the trap attacks, the year clam and ice team stopped running the trap attacks, okay. uh, in 2006. Then in 2007, the group that would form the NEIFC out of what was left of the trap attack started that. So, you know, re rebirth of the, uh, trap attacks into the name NEIFC while we started the purchase all basically under identical rules. Uh, and, and that, that series, uh, was the right thing at the right time. And it really boosted ice fishing, certainly competitive ice fishing, uh, in Montana and, Idaho and Western Washington, uh, got a lot of interest in that circuit. And, uh, my buddy Chancey is still running it. Uh, I think we're in our 16th year in 2023, 16th or 17th year, uh, of that tournament going. And, and that was where I cut my teeth as a tournament director. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. So now were you always mostly an open water guy and kind of got into ice fishing later 
and then like once you started ice fishing you kind of like really started to fall in love with it or i mean yeah yeah, yeah that's kind of that's that's pretty close i mean i ice fish as a kid uh but it was more about having the skates strapped on and a bonfire and trying to get a nip out of somebody's bottle you know <laughs> yeah. uh and uh but when i um yeah when i got back when i got to montana not much ice fishing in western washington going on uh, but when i got to montana that's when i uh you know started ice fishing as an adult yep. and realized just man this is uh you know as long as you're catching this is a lot of fun <laughs> right exactly and, uh, and what was really cool was Along about that same time, I was doing a lot of traveling for the post office. I, I traveled a lot of miles in Montana working for the post office. Uh, and I would get to, uh, you know, throw the one man in the back. And uh, and I, you know, fished a lot of the lakes across Montana, um, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and just realized, you know, another reason why Montana is such an awesome state because there's something for everyone. Oh yeah, I believe that. The trouble is, is there's too many every there's too many everyone's now. Yeah, yeah, yep. you got you got a lot of people uh, moving uh, from the west. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. It's, and it's funny because you know that's how I ended up in Montana. Was that Seattle was exploding uh, growth wise, and you know I wanted more of a rural rocky mountain lifestyle for my kids and my hunting and uh so that's kind of how i ended up in cowspell and in the end that's what pushed me out <laughs> yeah ain't that crazy ain't that yep. crazy mm. yep yep but i spent uh well almost uh geez 94 to uh 2020 so 16 18 years there raised my kids there yep no i i believe that's probably a good place to uh you know, if you, if you can stand some of the cold and, and uh, yeah, like I mentioned, you're not afraid of grizzly bears. I'm sure that's the, <laughs> that's a spectacular place to live. But, uh, um, yeah. so now, yeah. you know, you, you talked, uh, obviously about the, uh, the purchase salt tournaments. Uh, you talked about doing some ice fishing, uh, you know, uh, you know, hobby ice fishing, recreational ice fishing, but did you yourself yep. ever uh, take part, uh, in doing any tournament fishing or not, not as much? Oh, yeah, we did. Um, you know, around Kalispell there, it was mostly derbies, right? So most everything in Montana was trout derby, trout derby, perch derby, pike derby. Uh, but there really wasn't a lot of competitive ice fishing. Again, we're 17 years ago, 18 years ago. Um, and uh, But the idea, you know, following the trap attacks and everything for several years and you know a member of ice team yep. you know we're out there in montana the hub is here in the you know the upper midwest uh the ice fishing capital even you know back now 20 years ago uh you know we knew about ice team and we knew about the trap attacks and we were starting to, you know we were on the fringes of the modern day ice fishing Right. right. Yeah. Uh, early to mid two thousands, uh, no one really knew about backslash. You know, to sit on a bucket and catch kokanee salmon, or sit on a bucket and uh, fish rainbow trout, or you know, sit on a bucket and, and catch perch. Notice the common denominator was sit on a bucket. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. 
but you know that was it. I mean, that was the style. So between the purchase all tournaments and and uh, and Chancey's love of ice fishing and and getting a lot of us involved in you know cameras and vexlars and heaters and one man shacks and like you mean we don't have to sit on a bucket anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, you know Western Montana's weather is pretty mild, guys. It it gets cold. We get streaks of cold. But it's not like over at Fort Peck or anything like that. I mean, we'll have 20 days straight in January where it, you know, it doesn't get below freezing. And it, you know, so we deal with not a lot of ice, but almost always wet, heavy snow and slush. Yeah. So you know, it's um, we we get plenty of, plenty of ice and and plenty of uh, plenty of lakes with ice. Um, but it's a little different atmosphere. We're not driving trucks and pulling wheelhouses and, and stuff like that. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I fished a couple of the derbies and, you know, had, had the fun end of that. But really when, when we started the purchase salt, um, you know, I was fishing quite a bit, uh, but I never fished our own tournaments, you know, right, yeah, Chancey. Yeah. well, Chancey did a few times, but, you know, he worked at a big sporting goods store, so the poor guy could never get a, a moment of peace during <laughs> the week between or after tournaments, right? Yeah. And the management started to get, you know, hey, we like guys coming in the door, but it's nice when they spend something. They don't just bend your ear for an hour, <laughs> you know, take yep. a number kind of thing. Right. So, so um, you know, it, it after a couple of years, it basically fell back to my wife and I and, uh, you know, it, it was a well-run tournament. We had a ball. We watched people, uh, you know, we watched teams come in that the guys couldn't catch a fish, let alone 10 nice ones. Yep. You know, and the next year they got a little better, and the next year they got a little better. Uh, and and then, you know, after four or five years, you, you know, all of a sudden these guys start cashing checks every now and then. Yep. And then before you know it, they're the guys to beat. And then you know, their son gets older and they decide, well, we're going to, we're going to, you know, do a father and son thing. And in fact, a uh, really good friend of mine who fished the, the tournament series from day one, the, he just won his first tournament with his son, who was 19, uh, just uh, this past Saturday. Nice. Oh, first awesome. place and one. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, that's the joy and the best of ice fishing, right? Oh, that's absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just family and friends and, and, and being outdoors. You know, I'm not going to, we all know that. We all, like you said earlier, how for some of us, it's just in our DNA. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, did some competitive fishing. And then, uh, you know, once the circuit got going, and then I, um, you know, then when I started guiding, uh, honestly, when I started guiding, my, my thing was, yeah, I'm going to have a nice boat and I'm going to, but I want to take people ice fishing. I want to, I want to guide on the ice. And there was none of that. There was nobody doing that. And, uh, so that's kind of where, um, I realized it could be now, now it can be more than a hobby. Now it can be part of my business. Uh, you know, I can start getting serious about this, started going to the, St. Paul Ice Show. Uh, this this show last week was, uh, or this past December, would have been my eleventh straight year. I missed I missed a year due to COVID. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. But would have been my 11th time at St. Paul and seven of those years uh, with our with our booth for house fishing. And uh, we never really booked a lot of trips, but it was always meeting the people. Montana, what are you doing? You know, you, you got yep. ice fishing in Montana? Yep, yep. And uh, But also a lot of people come back there to visit Glacier Park. And I would just tell people, yeah, if you ever get out to Glacier or head out towards Flathead Lake, here's my card. Love to see you. Look us up. And, you know, brought a lot of people over the next 10 years. Uh, oh, yeah, we mentioned Minneapolis. Remember us? You know, we had the son and the daughter, and my wife had blonde hair. And, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that's great you know and and i think that's what a lot of people really fail to realize is is those ice fishing shows yeah it's about sales yeah it's about booking trips but it's about meeting people talking fishing and and networking yeah. you know at the end of the day it's a network deal you know put put your oh, number yeah. in somebody's phone and and you run yep. into them the year after that and then you know you run into them at a different show and and you know that's that's really yeah. what it's all about is the is the networking well and also like showcasing where you're from i mean a lot of people like you've said when they think about out west they don't think about the great fishing opportunities that are out there i mean a lot of people think of fly fishing trout streams and stuff like that but they don't realize that there's a lot of good lakes and reservoirs and stuff like that out there where a person can really you know get into a lot of different varieties of fish i mean i don't think a lot of people realize like the many species of fish that are out there absolutely and and you know one of the first articles I wrote uh, about, um, you know, the area, and I forget, you know, I was writing a story about something, um, but, you know, I, I the lead sentence was, uh, you know, Montana is Spanish for mountains, but for me, it's always been about the water, whether that's a, the beginning of the Missouri River, you know, high in the, in the divide, to uh, you know the 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 big waters, Flathead Lake, Fort Peck, Canyon Ferry. Uh, there is so much water in Montana. Certainly, Western Montana. When you go to Eastern Montana or West Dakota, uh, it's uh, huge bodies of water, and and they're really the fishing. No matter what you're looking for. Uh, Unless you're looking for a lot of crappie and bluegill in northwest Montana, it's it's trout country. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And uh, but it's amazing, amazing opportunities for everything outdoors. You know, I I gotta admit, I actually thought that uh, that you did your guiding on Fort Peck, and now you know <laughs> you're you're talking a lot about uh, Flathead Lake. I mean, you're substantially yeah. farther. Uh, you know, substantially farther west than than Fort Peck. I mean, you're you're pert near uh, you know to Idaho there. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything for me started right there in Northwest Montana on Flathead Lake and those small lakes around there. And then um, as I moved forward, you know, as as I was growing the business and growing the company, um, I I met the family that. Um, bought a old rundown hotel resort kind of place there in Fort Peck. Um, and they're great, ambitious people, you know, close family, um, just salt, you know, salt of the earth kind of people. Um, and they, and I said, you know, man, no, we need to get a few guides working out of here. 
one thing led to another and a good friend of mine who I sponsored, you know, he wanted to retire and become an outfitter. So, uh, you know, he came to work for me for four years and, and earned his credits that he needed, uh, to become an outfitter. So through him, uh, Jason Mundell, there was only one or two other people guiding on, on Fort Peck. Um, you know, this was back in, I want to say, yeah, right around 14, 2014, 2015. Um, so anyway, I kind of lucked into meeting them through Jason. And, uh, and so we started, uh, basically a partnership with them where, uh, you know, they're Eddie and his sons are guides and Haley, his daughter, one of his daughters, she's also coast guard certified, uh, six pack certified to guide on Fort Peck. And then, you know, all of a sudden now you had up to date fishing reports and a cabin and a motel and licensed guides running out of there. Uh, a couple of years later, some other friends of ours bought the only other facility there on the lake, the Fort Peck Marina. So now we got walleye tournament guys and ice fishing tournament guys and families you know, running these resorts and, and building the fishing culture up. Um, and I take a lot of pride in my involvement uh, with how the fishing uh, industry, for lack of a better term, has grown there at Fort Peck, certainly on the dam end of things, um, and, uh, and watch that grow. Although I've never lived there, um, and I haven't, actually guided there because i've never lived anywhere near for right right um but i've I've got a big hand in uh you know doing all the publicity and promotions for what those guys are doing uh and then i know anytime i go over there i can jump in the boat or get out on the ice back we're going to head over there in about a week um in fact um uh oh fully one of the cox boys tristan uh, joined me on a trip out to Fort Peck uh, last February when we took a quick trip out there. Had a pretty nice. big trip oh, nice. yeah. out there. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, and uh, yeah, I I don't have to go to Nebraska to get my cox beef, guys. They they, <laughs> they bring, bring it to, it to me you. In Montana. <laughs> Delivered? <laughs> Delivered? Holy I'm gonna have to have a chat with them. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't realize that they were on Uber Eats. <laughs> yep. 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 And, uh, so, so, uh, but yeah, I, like I said, even though I, I'm not there hands on every day, uh, from the promotional aspect and, and getting a really cool program going out there, uh, and, and seeing some other folks saying, man, if that schmuck can do it, <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's, let's quit the job. Let's cash in, you know, whatever it takes for people to finally be able to go and live their dream yep. i've seen that i've seen that firsthand through a lot of uh relationships and stuff that i've built um over these past 20 years and and ice fishing has just been a a huge part of that yep, yep. no doubt about it now uh yeah. um mike uh, obviously you know we talked about it uh, a little bit uh, before we really dove into montana there but uh yeah. you know you you talked about the purchase all tournaments but uh um, I, I, you also mentioned the NAIFC, uh, you purchased, I mean, did, I, I guess purchase took over. I'm not exactly yeah. sure how that worked. The NAIFC so. brand. <laughs> yep, yep. 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 And, yep. uh, what was that two years ago or was that three? 
It was uh, September of 21. So, okay. uh, All right. yeah. yeah, so my first event was the uh, 2021 championship uh, a couple months late. Okay. That was the first one that, that was my uh, first one as the director role. So, okay. And yeah. were you kind of, were you kind of shadowing before that? Did you kind of know you were going to be taken over or, or no. were you, were you handed something and it was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, it, it, you know, I had been fishing the NEIFCs when they, you know, when they came out to Montana, yeah. I fished the Hagen yep. one and. Uh, and my wife and I traveled and, and we went to the championship on the lax that one year we qualified. Uh, so I was following the circuit and I was part of the circuit, um, you know, for the five or six years before that. No, we all knew that, you know, something was going to have to happen. Uh, you know, Jack had, had taken on a new job and, and, uh, you know, he was the grind, 13-year grind of traveling across the the U.S. in, in the winter, 13 straight years with various help and yep. staff and that sort of thing. But, uh, no, I was at Pro Days, so uh, that would have been Pro Days in August of 21, which may have been the year we were both there. Yep. It was the yep. year before. Uh, anyway, we... Um, like four people asked me on, on the Friday night or the Thursday night deal, have you talked to Jack? Have you talked to Jack? Meaning Jack Baker. Um, and I was like, no, I haven't heard, you know, I haven't talked to Jack. We, we weren't buddies and really, you know, we talked to each other during tournament season yep. and, and that sort of thing. So anyway, after the fourth person asked me if I'd talked to Jack, I was like, I guess I should talk to Jack <laughs> see what the heck's going on. Yeah. And I had an idea, you know, um, uh, so no, it, it kind of came, uh, you know, we, Jack and I talked, he was in discussions with one other fella who just, you know, it, it wasn't going to happen, but out of respect, he needed to kind of approach and offer. Yep. Uh, yeah, so he told that. me what was, yeah, he told me what was going on. And he basically said that he had made up his mind that he was going to do that last championship, um, they were they weren't sure where they were going to do it because they the contract between the NAIC and the Pinehurst was basically over. Uh, you know they had done their four years or three years. Uh, so he was going to Jack was basically going to find the lake somewhere, put on the championship, and then that was going to be that. So it really was over unless somebody stepped up and tried to literally rescue it. Um, COVID, the numbers, uh, you know, during COVID, people not working, not having money to travel, people not knowing whether they could give this guy a permit or not. If we give you a permit, we may have to cancel it. And so two years of dealing with COVID stuff on an already shrinking, uh, you know, base of, of teams. Because, you know, I mean, people get older. People grow up, fish the circuit five, six years. They get married, have a kid, you know, any circuit, right? There's very few of those guys that make a 25-year career out of it. Right. Um, and it's usually because, you know, they don't have any other choice. They're too good fishing. Well, you know, why go do something else when you can make a, a good living fishing? Yep. Um, so, uh, so I kind of... And, and honestly, I, I was ready to buy a snow bear. I was ready to buy a snow bear, and I was going to guide on Devil's Lake and, and just basically pay off a snow bear in three years. And uh, 
and then ride off in the horizon. I mean, literally, I was visiting the the snowmobile deal, uh, the the snow bear dealer, a couple times a week, trying to figure out what I wanted and that sort of thing. So anyway, it it came very quickly, and I I just felt like it was, well. You know, you moved farther east. You wanted to be closer to the pulse of the ice fishing machine. And uh, so maybe this is what it is. And just enough of the right people. If one more person had tried to talk me out of it, I probably wouldn't have done it. Because most people were telling me I was out of my mind. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. why do you want to do this? Why do you want to put yourself through this? You're, you, you don't need to do this. And I said, well, you're right. I don't need to do this, but I, you know, I put a lot of thought and prayer into it. I consulted with a lot of people whose advice means a lot to me. And I thought, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to commit to a three year process and I'm going to try and turn this circuit around. And, uh, and, and, you know, anybody that knows me will tell you, I don't approach anything halfway. I throw everything I got at it. And, and everybody else that I can find at it. And, uh, and we have a good time. And, and uh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe somewhere down the road somebody can make some money off of uh, a, a circuit like this. But, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of the horse here. But nope. um, so that's how I ended up in it. And I mean, until a couple of weeks ago when I made the announcement that um, it was done, the, the the number of hours in my day that I was on the phone or emailing or sending a sponsor a thank you or a, a tournament report or, you know, writing checks and keeping the checkbook balanced and chase sponsors. I mean, full-time job. No, no I believe that. that. I believe yeah. that. And it's not just January, February, and March, you know, because right. tournament day is the easiest thing about being a circuit director. Oh yeah, yes. I mean you got you're applying for permits and, and yeah, 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 yep. and uh, you know getting on podcasts, having newspapers call, you know, oh, yeah. uh, uh, local radio stations. It, it, I mean, it's endless, right? Yeah, it's anybody that says, "Ah, shit, your job's easy." Well, you know, it may look like it from the outside, but usually the easier it looks, it's just that person making it look easy, right? Yeah. Right, you know. And uh, so, yeah, got kind of thrown into it, had a couple of months to get the championship together. Uh, we, we had uh, uh, what I feel like a, was a damn good championship weekend, other than the fact that, of course, you know, the technology is going to bite you at one point or another. And uh, the, the leaderboard program, as you so we had some technical difficulties at the award ceremony. But the checks all cleared and the prizes all worked and uh, uh, everybody seemed happy at the end of it. So then I had to get into, you know, all right, 2021, my goal or 2022, my goal for 22 was uh, do do as much as I could myself so I could know exactly what jobs there were and, and try and put some some time value to it, you know. Yep. Okay, for for this you got to plan on twenty hours for the season, and this is going to tie up two hundred hours for the season. And at this event, we got to drive thirty minutes away from the landing, and this lake where we walk out and we're there, and 
just trying to approach it from a business standpoint and just see where everything was at. Yep. And, 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 you know, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. Um, in 2022, the circuit took in uh, $16,000 worth of sponsorships. Uh, and, and it cost me over 12000 just to run the circuit, to travel, to lodge. Uh, and I mean, I was dragging my ice shack with me and sleeping in my ice castle whenever and wherever I could. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's basically all the sponsorship went to operating cap, operating revenue, nothing capital about it. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then, um, so, and then the prize fund was a hundred percent, hundred percent payout. None of the entries go to anything, uh, to, to run the circuit that comes from host towns and ice team and PK lures and, you know, people that were willing to put product as well as some cash in it. And, uh, so then this year for 2023, I wanted to cut at least 30% off of that. And then if maybe I could get one more sponsor, you know, maybe a guy could make 2,500 bucks for donating six weekends, yep. uh, you know, 600 bucks a weekend, uh, you know, on top of getting your lodging paid for and, and that sort of thing. So, um, there was no purchase. Basically, I just assumed the role of tournament director. Uh, you know, there was no capital, you know, other than a scale, um, and uh, what the heck, there was a scale and something else that had some value to it. Uh, oh, a laser engraver, which I could never get to work for. <laughs> yeah, uh, go figure. Go figure. You know, but, yep. uh, yeah. you know it's, uh, I, I really thought that if I approached it from a business angle and could really get in there and look at it and say, you know, here's the bottom line what this circuit should cost to run. Yep. Just like a bid for it a construction project mm. or building a where, you know, whatever. And then you can go in and say, okay, if, if I can raise 20,000, I know my fixed costs are 12,000. Well, now I've got $8,000 that, you know, I could draw a salary from or, or what have you, yep. a, part of the salary or something like that. But there's no way that that thing could ever, you know, turn a profit until, it was stripped down to the bare bones and then, uh, you know, work out a budget for it. And so I, you know, I, that's kind of what I talk and, and while still putting on the circuit and, uh, and making everything happen. So I was really, really stoked guys going into the championship last December. Excuse me. I'd take a drink of water there. No, you're good. Good. Um, so I was really excited about the, the, the schedule for 2023 and, and I knew I could cut some, you know, cut some money out of it. And, um, of course the, the sponsor donations, the cash donations dropped a little bit because again, you know, I'm not really giving them an ROI if I've only got 15 teams showing up or 22 teams showing up. Um, so, uh, so I knew I was going into 2023 a little shy, but I thought, yeah, I'll stretch it out. Um, 
the championship was obviously the closure of, uh, of last year. Um, and I know you guys were aware of it, you know, even 10 days, 12 days before the, the national championship, all of this chatter on social media about what Lake and who's making the decision and when are we going to know? And, you know, I've always told them, I'm not going to spring a change on them. I'll give them 10 days and, you know, 10 days in advance notice. Yep. Championships a little different because, you know, I've got two backup plans for that, right? Yeah. Not just one backup plan, but two. Now, all this, all this chatter starts, you know, going into the championship about what lake and who's making the decisions and just ridiculous chatter, 90% of it from people that aren't even going to be there. That <laughs> that's, yep, that's, that's how it always is. goes. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, but that gets under people's skin. It and does. They say, yeah, you know, yeah, what about that? You know? Um, so anyway, that, that really kind of showed me that, okay, um, I, I got to gain some control over this. I got to knock this chatter down. Um, so, you know, we go into the weekend and, and I felt the weekend went well. I had to make the decision. Do we do the, uh, do we do the, um, the backup lake and just call it the backup lake or do we do two days on the same lake? Both of them, you know, I already had set up in advance, but now I got to make the choice. And I don't always make the most popular choice and I don't always go with what the crowd wants. And I thought I demonstrated that pretty good at the national championship you know the majority of people said do this do this do this but the people that convinced me were the ones that said well we we'd rather see you do this and here's why and yeah, they gave yeah. me yep. some gave background and, yeah. you know some input other than just eight and eight eight and eight eight and eight eight and eight you know uh well, we might as well just fish one day if we're going to do that. Same cookie-cutter deal, just like in Iowa. Two days back-to-back, -back, two different lakes, two separate tournaments. Um, you know, why do the same thing two days in a row when you have other opportunities? So, you know, we got through the championship, and I, you know, I felt really good post-championship. I really did. We had, you know, there was a few hiccups, obviously. I'm trying to get my feet under me. Uh, you know, traveling and all the, uh, you know, it's real easy to be successful. And, and this ain't a dig on anybody, but if you go to the same couple of lakes and you pretty much have the same group of people and you're, you're hosting it at the same restaurant, um, you know, things, things tend to go pretty smoothly. Right. right. There, yeah. There's yeah, no I mean, routine to go into a different spot and, and no. doing it. Yeah. Yep. yep. Is there why? Is there cell service? Is there not? Can you overwhelm? You know, logistics. Yep. Uh, it's just logistics, logistics, logistics. Until you've done it, you don't realize, you know, what it all takes. Yep. But uh, felt really good um, after the championship. Was looking forward to Montana. Uh, we hit uh, we hit fifty one teams in Montana, which is not a good turnout by any means at Hebden. 60 70 uh that's that's a big event we draw people from four or five states there um that went very well had a good turnout good payout um you know again a few things there where people didn't do their homework or whatever and then 
you know, well, you, you should change this. It's like, nope. You could have done your homework, and it wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this discussion. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, felt good after Montana. Was really stoked about Iowa. Um, but in that week in between, the week leading up to Montana and the week leading between Montana and Okaboji, I'm getting emails, I'm getting texts. Guys, uh, you know, without coming right out and saying it, you know, we think, well, you know, there's something going on. You need to... You need to be looking at things closer. You know, I don't want to name any names, but you should be doing this and doing that. And 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 I'm the kind of guy that says, you know, I'm just I'm just managing this playground here. It's your money. It's your time. It's your investment. You guys need to do a little better job at policing your own. And if you and your partner go up to another team and say, look, we're we know you're up to something, so we're going to recommend to Mike that he disqualify you. That's basically what, you know, was being said to me, that we don't know what they're doing, we don't know how they're doing it, but they're cheating. <laughs> and and I've dealt with this before, right? I've yeah. dealt with several cheating scams. But as soon as I heard the rumblings about yeah, you need to keep an eye on these guys. You need to keep an eye on those guys. I'm like, if 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 any cheating scandal at all breaks out, even if you don't have a cheating scandal, if you have to answer for a cheating scandal, you might as well have a cheating scandal. Right. And after the, you know, we've got weights and fish deal last year, um, it's just the curse of death. And, and we're going to see more tournaments, I'm afraid, go by the wayside. Uh because, well, several factors, but I've, I've got recent scars uh, to justify what, what I think is going to happen here uh, in the next couple of years, especially with catch and kill tournaments. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, the, the, the thing is, say, well, well, it's none of their business. The antis, they don't participate or anything. Well, but if I'm going to get teams to come out, I have to advertise. I have to push. So you're trying to reach the people that you want, but you're reaching the people that have no business in it. They just want to come on and tell you how you're horrible for, you know, hooking those fish and hurting those fish and you're killing all our big fish. And, you know, all of those accusations put a cheating thing on top of it. So those couple, couple of weeks between uh, the championship and Iowa, um, I started hearing more and more, and it was really making me nervous. Were, were all I'm the like, people were all the people talking about the same team? I mean, you you don't have to say who it was or anything like that. Yeah, but, and I'm not going to name any. Nope, names. no, uh, no, one hundred percent. But is I mean, was everybody kind of throwing shade at the same team? Pretty much, yeah, really? pretty okay. much. And if they weren't, it was like, yeah, and it's it's the same thing that so and sos were doing. 12 years ago right. or six yep. years ago or these guys you know were accused of this before uh you know these guys got sat out for a year uh you know just and it, it just drives me crazy honestly that uh the last thing i want to do as a tournament director is having to try all i'm trying to do is aha I got you. Yeah, trying to right. catch people, yeah. I, that takes the joy right out of it. Yeah, oh, it right. definitely does. And uh, so leading up to Iowa, yeah, there was a few things. And some suggestions were made. 
about how maybe we could do tighten up our inspections a little bit. So we did that on Saturday and we were Facebook live and we had everybody, you know, I've never had anyone unzip their jackets and, you know, basically hold their coat out so we could see if they had, you know, fish taped to their belly or bags of fish stuffed in their bibs or something like that. And then we looked at a few fish houses. Actually, if they had a flip over, we made them flip it over, looking every fold, you know, not just looking in the tub, but open it up and looking in folds. So, you know, I was already kind of on my way to tightening a few things up so that hopefully it was just that suggestion of, uh, yeah, you know, we've gotten away with this a couple of times, but now we're, you know, now Mike's starting to get tough on the inspections. It's like, okay, I'll be as tough as I need to be. Um, So, you know, in the couple of weeks between hearing the rumblings, you know, and it's not like we're meeting every day. We're meeting every weekend or every other weekend. Uh, you know, so I instituted the little tighter pat downs and, uh, and, and, and made a fun deal out of it on Facebook. Right. Uh, yep. We're, you know, we're, we're going to find, if anybody's got anything, we're going to find it, you know? Um, and, um, but basically just, it's that deal where you put, the idea in the head, well, we've been getting away with it, but now it's like, okay, somebody must know what's going on because the director is tightening up his processes a little bit. And you, and you just hope that the message comes across. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if anyone is doing this or if anyone is thinking about doing this, don't. Um, so then, um, we had Friday night of Iowa at 5.01 p.m. I get a text. Uh, Team Y is still on the lake. Everybody was supposed to be off the lake at 5 and heading back to uh, heading over to Parks Marina, uh, Snapper's Bar there where we were going to do, uh, do the rules meeting. And um, so uh, 5.01, one of the teams signals me that this other team is still out of, out on the ice. Well, I'm thinking to myself, well, you're still out on the ice while you're sending me this little video of this other team still out on the ice. So, okay, did you just turn yourself in? I, you know, uh, and then another team kind of did the same thing. And then, you know, team gets there and pulls me off to the side. We saw this and we saw that. What are you going to do? According to your rules, it's a major infraction and, you know, you know, what are you going to do? You should kick them out. You should disqualify them, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, great. So obviously teams are gunning for this team because at 501, you just don't, you don't go, oh, hey, look, there's still a team out there. You know, you're sitting there watching the clock. Right. Ready to start your video. And uh, to me, that's just chicken shit. I'm sorry. You know, uh, it, it just doesn't, I don't want to play on that playground, basically, you know. And it wasn't the first example of that sort of thing, um, but it was about as blatant as I had seen. So before I can even start the rules meeting, I got guys telling me that I need to penalize these guys and I need to DQ them and blah, 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 blah. And I said, look, I'm going to take care of it. I'm the tournament director. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. And I'm going to take care of it. And I did take care of it before the evening was done. You know, I talked to the team. We discussed the penalty. Uh, I didn't issue the penalty right then and there. I wanted to 
sleep on it, think about it a little bit. But basically, I gave him a fishing timeout during one of the tournament days for about as long as I thought they were late off the lake. Traded that pre-fishing time for tournament fishing time. I didn't pull them out of their starting spot of the line and make a public spectacle. Looking back, maybe I should have. Um, I'm not that, again, I'm not that kind of guy. Uh, I'm trying to get everybody to act like adults and play fairly and have a good time. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so Friday night um, did not go very well. And then as the team, uh, the team that's being accused of cheating was leaving, there was a verbal fracas and guys yelling and hollering each other as they're leaving this establishment. Uh, that's got any IFC signs posted all around right, on the bar, yeah. and you know, um, and and I heard what I took as a pretty. If, if someone had said it to me, um, you know, a, a threat of an ass kicking, and uh, you know, that's all right. We'll we'll see you. Uh, you know, I'm like, okay, that's kind of embarrassing, and especially in this day and age, right? Yeah. You're going to you're going to ignore somebody that repeatedly threatens violence to somebody a couple times. Ah, that's just Joe. He's just talking, you know. Yeah. You can't take that risk nowadays. Now now were now were these threats towards the people who were late off the ice or or this was to a different team? It was to it was uh yeah, between the uh between one of the teams that I've been keeping my eye on and one of the other teams that's been making sure I keep an eye on. Okay. Yep. So it, now it's starting to boil to the surface. Yep. So we fish Saturday. Saturday goes fairly well. Um, you know, we, I was having some trouble with the scales, but everybody's getting weighed the same way. Uh, but you know, during one way and, and it's Facebook live and then you cut snips out of it. Anyway, there was there was a little issue, but it's tournament day. We got fish weighed, everything taken care of. Uh, you know, if you put a, a basket of live fish on a scale five different times, you're you're going to get some different weights. Yeah, you know? that's for sure. And uh, you know, as soon as I see that scale lock, I call the weight. Now the the display marker on the outside of the house may be flickering back and forth, but on my part of the scale. As soon as it shows locked, I call that weight. Uh, and it was one of the teams in question. So, uh, you know, obviously I'm doing these guys favors because, uh, you know, I'm not satisfied with the weight. Actually, I was the guy insisting on giving them the lower weight because uh, that's the number I called out. Um, so anyway, uh, we go through that. We get back. The awards meeting goes okay. We hand out cash for people that went fishing uh sunday morning um a little whoop-de-doo in line right when they're getting ready to take off inner squabbling between the teams that escalated to yelling and screaming and uh then that afternoon in the weigh-in the same thing these two teams start verbally going back and forth I had guys coming in. I didn't even realize it was going on until the fourth or fifteenth through, and somebody said something about it. Because you know, I'm in a tent right. and I'm talking and weighing, and there's numbers being exchanged back and forth. Uh, I'm not paying attention. I, I've got really good about locking distractions out because I'm trying to make sure that I give these guys the right weight and it gets written down properly. 
Yep. And there's a lot going on. They're excited. You know, look at this crappie. Let's take some pictures. So, I, you know, it, it could have been uh, World War II outside, and I probably wouldn't have paid much attention to it. Yeah, you've and, got a uh, job. It's cold. You're trying right, to get the yeah. job done. And yeah. and yeah, it is what it is. So I find out after a team goes, man, I don't know what's going on on the line out there, but that's, that's bullshit. I'm like, well, what's going on out there? I don't know. A couple teams not real happy with each other. So um, next team through, I'm like, what, what's going on there? But, you know, he goes, I don't know. I just heard some guys yelling, you know. And then again, I start wanting to get some clarification uh, about it from people that saw it or heard it or might have recorded it. Nobody, well, you know, I just, yeah, I just heard somebody say something about kicking somebody's ass. Okay. Well, uh, you know, enough of that is, is enough of that. So we got through the weigh-in, got through the end of the deal. Um, uh, you know, then the uh, the next day I'm traveling home, and I find out that you know they pulled these screenshots off the Facebook video. Uh, you know, and you can clearly see that fish right there in their basket is dead. And I'm like, you know, I could show you a lot of other bat. You know, pull a lot of screenshots and so you pixelated blurry, moving, poorly lit, slimy fish. Yep. And, um, you know, I was there looking at the fish, counting the fish into the basket. Uh, Paul Daniels, who's the president of the Iowa Great Lakes Fishing Club, was there. He was doing the videos. So, you know, I've got one angle. He's got another angle. There's people standing all around us. If, that, if the fish in their basket... If, if a fish looked as bad as it was made to look with those screenshots, I would have picked it up. Yep. I would have seen it. Yeah. I mean, I've already looked at uh, 400 fish and, and you know, that day. And I'm counting the fish in and I'm handling them and I'm looking at them. It, if it was as bad as everyone says, I would have caught it. Paul would have caught it. And when we that- wouldn't have weighed it. Bottom line is we would have tossed them. When at the end of the day, I mean, you you know, it, it's called live fish. You know, you want your fish live. Yep. But at the end of the day, it, it it's not so much that these fish need to be live. You're just wanting to make sure that these fish haven't been laying on the ice for three and a half hours, right? Well, and not even so much that, that they were caught that day. That day. day. Yeah, right. and that's that what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, they haven't been dead for a yeah. while. Like, yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you're going to get fish to sculler within an hour or two. Oh, definitely. You know, but, you know, looking back, there's a couple of things. You know, I said, man, you know, these guys should know that proper care of your fish is going to give you the most weight you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and if you're yep. not taking care of all of your fish or a few of your fish look like they were caught a half hour ago and the rest of them look like they were caught at 6 a.m. and just tossed on the ice. Uh, But, you know, again, all there has to be is a suggestion. And so now I've got publicly, uh, you know, a a team that had to get a penalty because they pre-fished late. And then I've got teams screaming and hollering at each other in the inspection line and in the weigh-in line. And now I've got accusations of cheating and, that I'm not letting, you know, that I'm, that I'm kind of being soft on it. And, 
looking the other way. And as soon as I heard somebody say, yeah, you know, just, I mean, that's a classic example of somebody just looking the other way. You can see it right there on the picture. I, I said, that's it. I'm done. I, I'm not going to sacrifice my reputation or any of the people that support the circuit, you know, as soon as that, as soon as that cheating word, as soon as that scandal word got tossed around, I'm like, there ain't no juice in the world worth the squeeze. Uh, and I've got six teams registered for the following weekend. And I don't want to put that host through that nonsense for nobody even being there. But, you know, they, we discussed it. I said, look, this is your call, man. If, uh, if you don't want me to bring the tournament there, we'll cancel it for lack of participation. Uh, you know, we'll do whatever you want to do. But um, if you don't think that having the NAIFC there with everything that's going on is a good idea and could possibly hurt you or your business, then you tell me. And yeah. he wouldn't come out and tell me. And I basically just said, well, here's the deal. You know, I'm I'm shutting down the NEIFC. If you still want to hold your tournament, I think you can handle it with six teams. You know, I'll come and help or whatever, but I'm pulling the sanction of it. And uh, and they ended up having six or seven teams come up and fish that Sunday like they were originally going. And they, they had a good time. But I just, um, yeah, once you start hearing the, the cheating word, and, you know, what the work that I've done over the last 17, 18 years to, to build the name that I've tried to build. And, and not just the name, but ice fishing. Right, you know? right. This the sport as a whole. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing, man. It's like what happened over that weekend was the worst of how money and jealousy or whatever you want to say the root cause is can take something that should only be fun and and turn it into the last thing you want to deal with when you get up in the morning. One. And I just, you know, I just I just made the decision then and there that uh, that uh, wasn't what I signed on for. It wasn't like I could, you know, take my executive VP and say, you're it, uh, you know, because I am it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Well, and, and it's not like you're making $40,000 a year doing this. I mean, you know, no. you, you, you kind of threw some numbers out at us. I mean, you're, you're basically just flat out donating your time and, uh, basically. getting from yep. one stop to the next, uh, you know, when, when, you know, when your character is coming into question and, and, uh, you know, you got to worry about fights at weigh-ins and yeah, yeah you, you look over the whole entire product and it's like, Man, like I, yeah. I'm, <laughs> me and my wife are just going fishing this right. week, and yeah. like you, yep. y'all can yep. kiss my worth ass. It. It's not yep. worth it anymore yep. if this is the way it's going to be. No doubt. Yep, and and you know the writing was just on the wall. Like I said, it started out kind of with the championship, and it's like, okay, well, the, you know, the the armchair quarterbacks and the sideliners, I can deal with that, you know, because in the in the end, you can just say, look, when's the last time you fished one, or right. are you even fishing this year? Well, I got buddies that fish it, or you yeah, know, we sponsor, yeah. uh, uh, you know, we sponsor a couple of anglers in it. It's like, okay, fine, but if you're good, you know, I, I want you to bring at least half as much positive as you do negative when you come to me with an issue. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, 
don't just come to me with an issue without having something to suggest. Yep. Yeah. Like and, here, here uh, it is. Here it is. You figure it out, and it's just like it might not even have any, you know, teeth to it. It's just like they're just throwing yep. things out there, trying to grasp for straws. Yep. Yep. And you know, maybe this team really has. I mean, we know that there's cheating that goes on in tournaments. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I mean, it's 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 not caught a lot more than it is caught, um, and when it is caught. It, it doesn't just affect one tournament, not in this day and age, not with social media. Um, right. You know, everybody knows about it. Um, you know, 500% more people know about it than are involved in it. Yep. And 250% of them will make a comment on it. Um, and it's just like, all right, honestly, if this is the kind of circuit that I have to run and I don't feel it's bringing something, it's bringing more to the sport than it could bring bad. I don't want to be the guy that's in charge of that. I, I, you know, and, and in my opinion, having looked deep, deep, deep into the history and, and the current situation and what it has, this stuff has actually been going on for quite some time. New teams come in, eyebrows get raised, wonder kids, uh, you know, whatever. Um, and then, uh, and, and, and then things settle down. But with social media, all you hear is negative. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. All you have to hear is one thing negative and it negates all of the good stuff. And we, we kind of proved it. And, you know, there's uh, there's a couple of teams, several teams that really drive the bus. And if these guys say it is, well, it is. And if they say it isn't, well, it is. Yep. And some of these guys are great guys. They just want to go along. They want to fit in. Uh, some of these guys know exactly what it is they're doing. And whether it's purposeful mind games, uh, I don't know. Um, but anytime you have a changing of the guard... Uh, you know, some cream rises to the top, but it doesn't take long uh, for it to get curdled. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so just basically bottom line, guys, is is learning what I learned and seeing what we had and where it's going. Um, it, it really just came down to, uh, you know, you, you got to cut the head off of this beast. Yep. And whether, uh, you know, whether another circuit forms or you know a couple of guys have asked me well what are you going to do i said well i don't have any plans to do anything except not put on tournaments the rest of this year whether someone wants to take the name and try and do something with the circuit or uh you know do a mirror image circuit just call it something different start from scratch not with legacy team numbers and i mean there's a lot of clicky stuff going on Yep. And, you know, team numbers, uh, how long you've been fishing the circuit, have you fished for the world team, uh, just uh, so many layers of stuff. And I don't care if we're playing, you know, men's league softball or bowling leagues. Uh, when there's competition and money to be rewarded for competition, uh, unfortunately, the line's tend to get blurred 
No doubt. And some sometimes by people you wouldn't expect it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You'd you'd be people amazed what somebody yeah. will do for five bucks. Yeah, they no show their true colors sometimes. Yep. But you know, opposite of that, and one of the things that really thrills me about putting on ice fishing tournaments is how happy you can make somebody just by letting them go up to the prize table and get ten bucks worth of jigs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Forget that it costs you four hundred dollars to go fishing this weekend <laughs> yeah. and after this tournament. You know? Yep. Which is why I always one of the first things I changed coming back into it was prizes, physical prizes. Yeah. That everybody most of the times left with something. Yep. And often some really cool stuff. It's kind, of, it's kind of like going to the Pheasants Forever banquet and you've oh. spent, spent all your money on the raffles and all that stuff and you don't win anything and then you all of a sudden they call your name on the general raffle and you get like a t-shirt and you're just like, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yep, I'm yep, going home. Finally. $180, $180 <laughs> dollars worth of tickets and I got myself a damn t-shirt. Oh, man. <laughs> that don't yep. fit. That yeah. don't fit anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. But, you know, honestly, it's, it's heartbreaking for me. I, I don't quit things. And, and I don't get discouraged easy, um, but uh, I, I just hate it that so many teams are going to be let down, you know, that, that guys that were there for all the right reasons and yeah. did all the right things. Um, but, you know, when you got a cadre of teams that you're always writing checks to and they've been doing this a long time and, you know, they, they can really set the tone and set the bar both good and bad. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I feel bad. I really, 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 you know, that three-year commitment for me was either to, to get it get it up and running right, bring it, you know, bring it back to, uh, you know, a respectable turnout at each event, hopefully get back into doing some more of the kids' events, um, and, then, um, and then just handing it on to someone yep. and saying, you know, here, you, you know, you're enthusiastic. You got a lot of time in the winter. You know, you can probably do this, get to go fishing in a lot of cool places and, and maybe, you know, maybe make a thousand bucks at each event. You say, well, geez, a thousand bucks for two days work. That's pretty good. You're not getting paid <laughs> yeah. for any of those other days. Right. Right. You know, um, but I just, I just don't think it's there. I don't think the market is big enough. I think that the core of anglers is changing that, you know, spending all your money to travel lots of places during the winter, taking your family vacation, uh, that sort of thing. I just don't, it's, it's a small market to draw from. And then the fine people that are competitive, looking for the competitive side of it really shrinks it down. And then, um, you know, you're not going to do pretty much anything else because all your time is going to be devoted to tournament fishing. Yep. Yep. And I, I think if, you know, being a good tournament angler means you fish like you're fishing a tournament at all times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you it's know? hard to shut that off, and sometimes it, it burns yep. you out. And I've seen that formula over the years be, you know, like, man, those guys, they're always in it. Yeah. You ever watched them fish? You know, right. uh, have you ever, have you ever really just taken 15 minutes and focused on them? Well, I'm trying to fish too. It's like, 
it might be a good 15 minutes spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, if, uh, if, you know, if they're winning and you're not, um, but, uh, yeah. And, and I love telling, you know, I, I just love everything about ice fishing and I just couldn't, it, it would break my heart for me to be a part of something that really puts a black eye on ice fishing. Yeah. And, and I just, man, it's, 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 it's not, it's the NAIC is not a good place. Uh, as far as, uh, one, one incident could really set us back a long, long time. So just a, a number of things, um, that obviously, you know, no one really knows. I mean, this is the whole story here, the big picture. So, uh, um, a lot, a lot went into the decision. Let's just put it that way. Oh, I'm, I'm a hundred percent sure that easy wasn't, to do. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> something that you uh, took lightly. But you know, so, so I guess with that being said, then Mike, uh, um, you, you are, are basically flat out saying you're officially done with the NAIFC for, for good, not just for this year for good. I think in the yeah, I think the name the NAIFC. Uh, well, yeah, as far as me personally, um, yeah, I'm, I'm done as far as reviving the NEIFC circuit. Somebody wants to take it over, uh, just like I just, I took stuff out of a guy's garage and put it in my garage and someone thinks they really want to bite into this, you know, uh, and take it over. I'm willing to talk about it. Um, I, you know, that's why I went into it. I didn't want to see it die. I didn't want to see it go away. Um. But, uh, you know, if, if I do anything in the future, as far as ice fishing tournament promotion, uh, it'll be, a, yeah, it'll be under a different name, different format, uh, and that sort of thing. I mean, I've got some great support. I mean, the, the, out in Montana at Hebgen Lake, that community of West Yellowstone, I mean, this is their winter festival. I mean, this is their big event in the wintertime. Um uh, and then um, there's some folks in Idaho. There's a lot of folks out west that have been wanting the NEIFC to come to Salt Lake or, you know, places in Utah, places in Idaho. Um, and Jack was just, you know, stretched pretty thin. At one point, he had the idea of doing divisions, you know, east, west, and central. And that way he doesn't have to be the travel. And that's kind of where I wanted to take it was go to a town for a couple of years, train up a crew, and then say, okay. Now you're part of the team. You're, you know, you're a franchise of the NAIFC. Yep. And, uh, um, but pretty, pretty grand plans. If we could have got there, it, it would have been, it would have been pretty exciting. But I just think the culture of competitive fishing is going the way of the virtual. We, we're living in a virtual world, and we're going to be taking people out of their comfort zone in the future to get them to catch and kill on a tournament when they're happy catching it on video and putting it back in the water. Well, I'm not going to be one to discourage catching live release tournaments. Right. Well, you know, um, a little hard, you know, as you guys know, it's a little harder in the environment that we ice fish in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah. There's you know, no doubt about August, it. There's yep. a few more challenges there, but it can be done. It's proven it can be done. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I really, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I can get back to Okaboji next year and work with the tackle stores and the fishing club 
and and help them put on a an event of a big scale. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and be more of a an advisor rather than a director kind of thing. Yep. Now, Mike, let, let me ask you a question here, and and yeah. the you know just as we're talking about this, it, it kind of made me think, and uh, I've I've I am I've always been a proponent of the uh, the live imaging, the the live scopes, the active targets, whatever. But you know, the, I do feel like there's maybe kind of a little bit of a correlation that uh, you know tournament popularity has kind of gone downhill ever since you know live imaging is has kind of started to take off do you think that you know the low numbers uh entering in these tournaments is it people that understand that uh you know i'm just i'm just going to throw out a name but you know you look at a colby craninger and a ben luderman who yeah. are yeah. absolutely dialed when it comes to you know yeah. live imaging and and moving and whatever you know i i mean matt and i like I mean, we're not spectacular, but I mean, Matt and I are good fishermen. Like, we're, you know, we're decent. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, Colby and Ben are so night and day ahead of us, you know, just with the live imaging, with, with sure. moving and staying on top of oh, it. Like you said, how they how they fish, how tournament fishermen fish. I, I mean, yeah. but is that, yeah. you know, when, when it used to just be a Vexlar, you know, a guy was going yeah. out there with his Vexlar and maybe an underwater camera and, and plopping down and, and fishing... You know, there, there's, you know, we've got a chance. We got a chance right. if we land on them. Where right. I don't feel like the average guy has as much of a chance anymore. D does that make sense or not? Uh, really? Uh, oh yeah, uh, to me it does because then, yes. like, it gets a guy feeling like, you know, why enter it if I can't truly be competitive in it? And and not even close. You know, like, right. I, I just I feel like, I I don't know the the live imaging yeah. the guys that are really good at it are so good at it that you know if and I'm, i'd never be one that says man i i think a, a tournament should a tournament series should ban live imaging right. but i feel right. if everyone just had cameras and flashers and their rods you know you could go out there and, and anybody's got that chance of of pulling off the win where I don't right. know when you're facing the best in the world, and I guess that's why they're the best in the world. That's why the NAIFC, you know, when when you win an N I, an an NAIFC championship, I mean, you basically considered one of the best ice fishermen in the world. You you know, yep. so I guess yep. there is something to that too. You know, it, it's not supposed to be handicapped, but no, and and I'm glad you chose that word handicapped because uh, that's come into play in a lot of the discussions i've had um in fact i had a great discussion with uh with cory smith from in fisherman because he wrote an article last year about live sonar and the impact from fishery impact to tournament impact and that sort of thing um you know if if i was a traveling circuit that charged 50 dollar entry fee uh you know I, I would have no problem saying no live sonar, but the NAIC has been and, and is supposed to be, um, you know, the pinnacle of competitive ice fishing. Right. And if it is the pinnacle, um, you know, you don't want to throttle these guys any more than necessary. You know, it's like telling the, telling the Bassmasters guys, well, 300 horsepower max, guys. You can't put those new 400s. Watch how fast the sponsorship dries up. When oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
so, you know, there's a lot of different comparisons. But to go back to the root of your question, has it impacted the NEIFC tournament? I have, I have no doubt it has. Um, that there are guys that say, well, you know, we're pretty good on our home lake, but, you know, these guys will come out and break this lake down in a half a day and just be on them. But there's a lot of truth to that. But at every event, a couple, three local teams always cash checks. Yep. Um, and uh, and it really helps when you're one of the best local guys on, and, and you're on the traveling circuit and you do as good on your non-home lakes as you do on your home lakes, like the boys you mentioned. Uh, yeah. yeah. A couple of yeah. great sticks. And honestly, guys, one of the things that made it hardest for me on this decision was... Yeah, but what about these guys, Ben and Colby, uh, 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 Tyler Bessa, and uh, uh, his partner, uh, gosh dang it, last name's Mosley, can't think of his. I mean, there are some young and upcoming teams that if if there was one step higher, you know, to go from the NEIFC, uh, I think it would bother me more. But, you know, these guys worked pretty hard to get to the pinnacle. Uh, series of national competition and I've folded up the tent. That's one of the things that hurts me the most is it's not like, well, they can just go and fish the, you know, the Southern series. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Yeah. You know, um, so I, you know, I honestly hope Clayton Kettering's putting on this tournament next month, the Kings of Panfish. Uh, I really hope that I know it's going to go well because I know the guys that are going to fish it. And I know Clayton, and uh, so, you know, I hope that it really goes well and Clayton gets the bug and, and maybe he decides that, you know, he's going to pick up where I left off, you know, and, and maybe Clayton has a little more, uh, I don't want to use the word respect, but, you know, he's a, he's a bigger figure for most of these guys that do the circuit. He's more of a known, you know, I mean, I come in from the outside, even though I, you know, I, I wasn't competing for the job. I think my resume would have held up even if I was, yeah. um, you know, so I really hope that that goes well. I, I know that the UPL, Matt's not looking to expand that Minnesota made they're They're happy doing what they're doing. Uh, we've got this other series in Wisconsin, the kicker cup. They've had some success in the bass fishing a, a tournament world here in the last few years. Uh, and uh, it sounds like they, they, um, they have a pretty good group of guys that are doing it. So they've got the social down, they've got the promotion down. Um, so I, you know, I, I really wish the best of luck uh, to those guys because yeah, really um, it was a big decision. It's just a small group that it affects. Right. But right. It affects, you know, everybody a little different but some guys a lot and for that i i I feel bad but but with that being said you don't have uh anybody that uh it's like you know i think i've got somebody that's uh gonna be taking it over i'm I'm sure that you know there's been people that have facebook messaged you or or maybe reached out uh um you know i mean do you do you feel like there's possibly a light you know at the end of the tunnel or or yeah I, you know, at this point, I don't really see 
anybody step you know there wasn't anybody stepping up to do it when i took it uh and um you know i don't i don't know how much that word got out i don't you know obviously wasn't advertised you know looking for a bassist must play metal (laughs) Uh, (laughs) right you know so, so, uh, so what you're saying is all all these uh face or these social media warriors that were saying what you should do, all of a sudden are no. disappearing. Nobody's stepping Quiet. up and yeah, yeah. The crickets, nothing. Yeah, that's usually how nothing. it goes. Everybody knows how to run a tournament until it's time to run a tournament. Yeah, no yep. shit. Yep. What, what is yep. that old yep. saying? Every everybody wants to be a tournament director until there's tournament director shit to do. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. And yeah. uh, um, no, and and again, you know, my. Uh, my heart is for ice fishing, and and I I don't want to do anything that could possibly undo anybody that's done work for the good of ice fishing, from yeah, the right. sponsors uh, to the hosts. Uh, you know, because when we leave a town, the drama goes with us. Yeah, oh yeah. It doesn't stay behind for the most part. No, because now I mean, after that, every tournament for the yeah. rest of the year, you're going to have to deal with that stuff. The yep. whole weekend. It wasn't like it was just going to be, it was just like, okay, it's taken care yep. of and all that. It's, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, so there it is. I mean, like I said, I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I got into it for the right reasons. I think I threw my best at it. But in the end, you know, at some point you got to just realize that, uh, you know, I may be, I may be beating a dead horse here. Yeah, yeah, no and that's doubt. been the majority of the comments, and and nothing but positive. I haven't, you know, uh, I, I really, it's only been positive, and and I can say probably, I don't know, dozens and dozens of calls and messages and emails, uh, you know, thanking me and appreciating what you did, and um, you know, it it's it's been overwhelmingly positive, but it's also been pretty obvious that everybody saw that it was just barely flickering and uh you know the last couple of last couple of coals were about dead and i came along and threw some air and some fuel on the fire and tried to get it going but uh yeah i and i think um yeah i i think uh there's a lot of factors going in on why um most of the bigger tournaments, whether they were derbies or not, um, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a different culture. Less and less people are concerned about going and getting their own food. So they're looking at fishing as just a fun activity. Yep. But they may not take, you know, they're happy taking a picture and throwing the fish back. I mean, I've been seeing that happening for the last 10 years as a guide, just people's attitudes from we got a limit i'm not happy unless we're going home with a full cooler to well you know we yeah we'd like to catch a couple fish and you know go somewhere where the eagles are and go look at some homes and we spend an hour fishing and four hours just putting around pointing out you know things of nature to people that get that one week a year where they can escape their jungle where wherever and whatever it looks like yeah exactly yep and and nobody's wrong you know everyone's out there for for a different reason and and uh you know every everybody everyone has their reason and and like i said nobody's wrong so yep yep 
so yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I really wish the best for the couple of ones and I hope, uh, I really do. I, I think Clayton, uh, has respect and, uh, from a lot of anglers, a lot of Midwest guys, uh, you know, he's an up and coming name in the industry. Hell, he was on the cover of the, the St. Paul Ice show. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, he's obviously got connections, yep. uh, but, um, great guy and i yeah i hope it goes well and i and i hope he sticks with it um you know again i may pop up here or there and try and put on a large local event that's not a series and not a qualifier just uh you know we we have a classic division without forward sonar and we have an open division run what you brung kind of thing i got lots and lots and lots of ideas uh, but you know, it, 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 with a couple of really good hosts like Okaboji and West Yellowstone and, you know, place like Alexandria or, uh, you know, Brooklyn, Michigan, uh, you know, to go and just put on one event and not have it be something I'm, you know, working on every week of the year, yep. uh, you know, I, I still love to put on a good tournament at the end of the day. I like redistributing people's wealth. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you call right. a tournament yep. director. Yeah, yep. that's right. <laughs> yeah, and weighing some fish. So, well, yeah. Mike, uh, you know we've we've done uh, we've done an hour and a half here. Uh, you know, prob- I think I think this is the longest interview we've ever done. I, I I'm think not it surprised. is. <laughs> yep, so. But. Uh, you know, I, I've got to start off by saying I truly do appreciate. Uh, I, you know, I feel like you were an open book there. You yep, know, you you, yeah. you, you yep. threw you threw a lot of stuff out there, and and I appreciate. You know, you had mentioned that uh, um, that that you were going to do this, and you, you weren't going to uh, pop on a, a hundred different podcasts and talk yep. about it. You weren't going to do a ton of articles. You know, you were going to come on here. You were going to. Uh, yep. Let people know uh, what's going on, where you stand, and and I appreciate yep. that you uh, did it on our show. But yeah. uh, you know, I, I've also got to say that I, I you know, I, I think I can speak for Matt here too. You know, we appreciate the time and energy that you did put into you know trying to trying to get that flame going again. And yeah. you know, I guess uh, you know it is what it is, and and uh, yep. um. If if it couldn't happen, well, I mean, at, at least you didn't go down without a fight. No, and like I say, I've I've got, you know, from the people that really matter to me, uh, and a lot of folks, you know, a lot of folks do because we're all, you know, in this sport together, and and most of us for, you know, the same reasons. Um, it's it's been nothing but yeah, just like you said. Thanks for trying. Uh, you probably put more effort into it than anybody else could have, would have, or should have. Um, it's not that you didn't try. Yep. And, yep. Uh, you know, the, again, the, the the noise in the background gets dimmed out pretty easy uh, when when certain people put their arm around you and say, "Man, I, I you know, I don't know what else you could have done." Yep. Yep. That's for so, sure. uh, but yeah, man, enjoyed talking with you guys and, uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, we'll spread the word that if people want the real story, they can hear it straight from the horse's mouth and, uh, we'll, um, you know, we'll move on from here. But, uh, 
in the meantime, got a lot of fishing to do this winter, and I'm excited about, uh, uh, you know, having uh, – I'm bummed out because I really wanted to go over and fish Michigan again, honestly. It, there's a reason why some of these best panfish anglers come out of Michigan. Yep. Because the way that you have to fish those highly pressured bluegill lakes uh, is just, you know, that whole tight line and thing, even in all of this modern technology, there's some days where if you're not tight lining with a palm rod or uh, like some of these guys are doing with the long rods, basically the same thing, you know, you're not, the reel doesn't even come into the equation, nope. uh, you know, in that shallow water bite, it just, uh, mark the line and lift it up. Maybe you got to stand up to get the fish all the way out of the water. But <laughs> those, those guys in Michigan that can pick off those bluegills in that state can catch fish anywhere. That's a yeah. different, different yeah. way of doing it. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, you know, I've known it for a while following the, you know, the old Iceman show and everything else, but, uh, yeah, those guys sit on a bucket and look at a piece of string and see a bite that, you know, I, I just don't know. And, and watching them do it, sitting next to them, watch them do it. It's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. but uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. So I'm kind of bummed out that I'm not going to Michigan, but who knows? Maybe I'll get a trip in anyway. Yep. That's right. Yep, you bet. <laughs> All right, so, guys. Really all right. Appreciate the opportunity. You yeah, bet. Thanks, thanks for being on. All right. Take Later. Care. You too. There he goes, Mike Howe, former, former. NAIFC tournament director. Officially former. And, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens with the uh, the NAIFC brand going forward. But uh, um, you here's, know, here's a perfect opportunity for anybody that's ever wanted to. <laughs> that you, so you want to be a tournament director yeah, and you know i mean yep if you're passionate about it and it's something that interests you here you go you don't get yep. a hold of mike yep so all right uh you know what we're gonna do something a little bit different this week uh the pizza review is not gonna be by scott sturman it's gonna be by matt deitch i'm uh, to you with i'm uh i'm looking forward to this uh matt what do you got what i got is um decided to to give it a go uh we went with the lots of matzah okay we went with okay. the breakfast pizza oh we've had a few requests for yep. you know a breakfast yep. pizza review and stuff like that uh i think it normally was 10.99 at the local grocery store a little but, high a little high but, but it was on sale for 8.99 you're just was, a man it, that loves savings it was it was on sale for 8.99 um mozzarella cheese eggs Country gravy sausage, cheddar cheese, and bacon bits on a nice crust. Um, if it's I'm lots gonna, of matzo, like I know lots of matzo, good solid toppings all yep, the way across. All the way across. I yep, mean, I like that. It was even one of those where it's like the, the toppings are going over the side that you kind of got to mm. push them back up on mm. the, onto the pizza before you bake it because you know you're putting it right on the rack. So I'm you don't want to sweat right now. You don't want all the spilling off of it and yep. everything like right that. Right on the rack. Uh, so yeah, um, price wise, you know. Like I said, for eight ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, that's getting back that's, down that's into the back good down good there. Good you wheelhouse. know, you're not going up there, so I'm going to go with that on that um, crust. Really good crust. Good crust on lots of matzo. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I I really uh, enjoyed this crust. Um, I'm going to tell you right out flat now, Scott, that Ooh. lots lots of matzo Ooh. might be one of my favorite 
frozen pizzas now. It, it's okay. really, I mean, we've had a couple of them now, but this the, the breakfast pizza one is the one I'm doing a review on, and uh, it was damn good. That crust was good. It was wasn't too thick, wasn't too thin. Good crunch on it. Uh, like you said, toppings spectacular. I'm gonna go with a nine two on this one. <laughs> I really am. Whoa! Yeah, a nine two. The 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 gravy, the country style gravy on there was good. Was good. It wasn't like there was a lot of it. There wasn't, you know, not enough of it. It was about perfect. Um, good ratio of meat, different, you know, the the bacon, everything like that, all throughout it. So, I, you know, you liked, at first, what, you liked what you had. I did. I will definitely, and you know, for a breakfast pizza, you can't go wrong Sunday morning. Emily went out for a run. I threw her in, so not her, but I threw the pizza in. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and it was gone by the time she got back, and yeah, you said, "What was, pizza?" It was tough to it was tough mm-hmm. to save it for her, but nice. yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm going with. Nice, I like it. I like it a lot. I like the I like and I like the lots of matzo. So I'm not I mean, gonna lie to you. I don't really like being on this side. You know, hearing about pizza, and knowing that. Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, now you're, I didn't have it, but uh, now you know what I, how I kind of feel throughout, I, the, throughout I, the week. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. So, okay. Uh, good news stories. Uh, you got a good news story? Um, I got one. Uh, uh, just Facebook post, but uh, um, this comes from Eric Magnuson. And speaking of out west, I think Eric Magnuson is. Uh, I think he's in Idaho, Washington State, whatever. Oh, but area, uh, yeah. uh, he had a Facebook status the other day, uh, and I'm just going to read it. Uh, had a black lab visit me on the ice. Stole a perch and chomped it on, chomped on it in front of me. Homeowner yelling for him to return, but he'd never, but he'd wanted no part of it. Finally, shooed him away from the pile of fish, and he ran back home, with the owner still yelling her apologies. No biggie. It's not the first time and definitely not the last. Later on, I hear his big old paws coming back, but also with other footsteps. It was Bruce, the fish stealing lab, and the homeowner, Jane, with Hershey's chocolate bar for the inconvenience. <laughs> great trade, great lady and dog. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That is all, absolutely awesome. Yep. So uh, I thought, you know what, that's uh, that's cool. You know what, you might have lost a perch, but you got a Hershey's chocolate yeah. bar, and that's a freaking hell of a trade. So. Yep. That, so. And you got to hang out with the dog out on the ice. That's always a good time. I was ice. What did fishing. I say? His name was Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce I mean, that, that's Bruce. just too good right there. Here comes so. Bruce. Oh, yeah. Bruce. That's kind of like that dog that's up on Indian Springs every year exactly. on like on ice, yeah. on ice fishing in South Dakota. Yep. All, like all of a sudden, somebody would be like, somebody lose their dog, and everybody's like, nope, just that's just old. Be. That's old Charlie. <laughs> yeah. He's he's kind of the he makes his way around there. Yep. Lives half him, mile give, to the west. Give him a treat, and he'll 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 leave you be, and yep. he'll, he'll mosey on back. So yeah, yeah I like uh, that. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know. Really. I got out fishing the other day. I guess uh, caught a few crappies. Yeah, yeah. Bluegills. I don't know. Nope. Oh, some of the snow is melting. I guess that's yeah. my good news yeah. story. And, is. And, I mean, uh, we got some warmer temps. Good and, weather. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, guys. Uh, we will call uh, that an end of the episode. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, for those of us that, uh, for those of you that, excuse me, uh, made it this far into the episode. Uh, I think this might be one of our, if not the longest episode uh, we've ever had. But, uh, um, you know, I think it, I think Mike did a great job uh, explaining uh, why he came to the conclusion that he did, and uh, we appreciate him for that. Um, 
yeah, we will uh, we'll be back next week. I, I don't see a reason that uh, we're going to miss. Uh, apologize for missing. Uh, if you can, uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit whatever the hell you want to on your uh, podcast platform, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Later. <laughs>